On this episode, we smoke the Thin Red Line by Fat Boy Cigars, a 6.5 by 56 Maduro, retailing for $8. This Nicaraguan Puro is wrapped with a Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper, and we are looking forward to that. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And what's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, over the age of 21, this is Burnline Podcast, coming to you not live from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, and I am joined by your other host, Nick McCann. Nick, how are we doing this morning? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. We are all fueled up with uh, these uh, Americanos from Bantam Coffee down the road. Nice. Shout out Bantam. And bundled up. And bundled up <laughs> for the cold. Happy winter, everybody. It's a crisp, crisp fall day. Would you, would you say it's still fall? I mean, officially it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Winter, like December 20-something. Oh, that's right. Win- yeah. like, the, like the winter solstice? Something December like 21, yeah. is it the first day of winter? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wild. Fucking pagans. Shit gets real um, cold way yeah. before that. <laughs> yeah, right. God, someone forgot to tell Gettysburg. Um all right, so we are smoking this Thin Red Line by Fat Boy Cigars. Excited to smoke this. So, of course, Fat Boy is uh, sponsors of the show, and they have some really good sticks. So I can't wait to jump into this one. Um, here's what I'm thinking, Nick. Since uh, since uh, this is a large cigar, why don't we go ahead and get it cut yeah. and lit, and then we'll kind of do all of our other stuff. Don't, and, don't twist my arm. And I have a surprise for you what? and everybody else. What? The unveiling of the official Johnny Midas later. Oh. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, I'm not going to talk about the presentation until after we get uh, a cut and lit. Sweet. Yeah. Take some uh, Instagram pics. Nice cellophane. Look, there's some age on that cello, too. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Nice I like I like the yellow. I like the tape that they... I don't know if that's something oh, yeah, yeah. It uh, actually comes off. Yeah. Yeah. I like that part. So why don't we go ahead and get these clipped? And the official cutting is brought to you by Fat Boy Cigars. The bold and delicious flavors of premium hand-selected tobacco leaves are highlighted in the original Jacked Cigar by Fat Boy Cigars, as well as the Jacked 2. And don't forget to try the Fat Boy Cigars Boots on the Ground series. For every cigar you purchase in this series, Fat Boy Cigars will donate $1 to charities benefiting our frontline heroes. And, of course, this Thin Red Line, which uh, is for firefighters, um, the Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Yeah, yep, yep, whatever, yep. One dollar for every cigar purchase, which is fantastic. Amazing. Look, look at that. You've got, uh, you've got plume on your cigar, right? Tooth? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, mine is not toothy. I got the good one. You got the good one. Shout out to Fat Boy Cigars for sending uh, the brick, the best one, and Johnny Midas, um, the second best one. Nice. Closed foot. Love that. I'm super and excited. We've got. I'm going to start calling this the um, pigtail cap, um, or this style of pigtail cap, the flat cap. Yeah. I don't know what else to call it. It's like a. It's like a. Uh, it's like a shortened pigtail. It's like the behike, where they Correct. twist the they twist the pigtail and snip it yeah. instead of curling it around like you'd see on a. Like it's Yana Carreras. Yeah. Well, th- I think they describe the size even as Bahique-esque. And it is. Yeah, for as sure. someone who has smoked a real Bahique, hashtag not worth $300. Um, 
And as always, we remind you to clip that cigar with authority. No limp-wristed clipping allowed. I was using my Craftsman's Bench open-ended double guillotine, and uh, Nick has a similar double guillotine open-ended. Let's go ahead and tap out the end of our cigar. Look, see? Every time I do this, beautiful. very rare that I'll have a cigar that nothing comes out. You still do it every time you smoke a cigar? Yeah. Yeah. Every time I smoke. It just, you know, like, just removing that little thing of scraping flex off your tongue. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. All right, so cold draw. Not, mu- not much of one because there's a closed foot. I get a lot of the wrapper taste mm-hmm. on my tongue. Really good. Just kind of like a, a sweet, yeah. darker, chocolatey. Yes. Uh, of course, you have the dried fruit. And raisiny, that. yeah. Yeah, just really just really good, like kind of oily Maduro wrapper. All right, it is time Sweet. to light these cigars. The official lighting is brought to you by Johnny Midas's new lighter. So here's the big reveal. Okay, Uh-oh. Actually, I'm going to show you two things. Mm-hmm. The first, I bought Whoa. as an example for our listeners. Check these scissors out so those are skizzers so the center is like a shuriken yeah 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 yeah. but it has scissor levers now look this is why i bought this because it's gold cohiba yeah see that branding look at that this is not a cohiba product what yes cohiba does not make this does not sponsor it does not promote it but you can buy this from a factory in china really yeah so it's an example of the uh, counterfeiting that goes on. Like, this isn't even a cigar. This is a uh, faux gold-plated cigar cutter. Yeah. By the way, I didn't use it for the cutting because it doesn't actually work very well. The blades are so thin, they push apart. Oh, I could see that, yeah. And it leaves a little pigtail in the middle, kind of. Huh. So it sort of tears at the center. It clips the outside very well. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so it's a really cool-looking gizmo and i bought it, it just because it is a fake cohiba product very so, cool I, yeah. that, that's one that uh i would lay in the humidor like yes. next to like, it, yeah that's like a sh- that's like a show off accoutrement yeah, yeah. yeah definitely and it fits the theme it's gold 100 percent. Right, so are you ready let's go okay this is the official look how small it is fits that in was my tiny head. this is the official oh my goodness johnny midas lighter it's Check a it gold out. bar it is a credit suisse gold bar what? Lighter. Soft flame butane. What? What? So, uh, this is it. And we're going to post this on the grams. I have only three more of these in existence. This uh-huh. is a 10-ounce gold bar replica that is actually a soft flame butane lighter. And you have a chance to own this piece of history, which we'll get into in a little bit. So... I am going to light up my cigar with this gold bar because hashtag Johnny Midas. That's awesome. That's so cool. And since it's a closed foot, I'm going to try to just smoke the wrapper leaf here. Toast for a quick second and then pull. Pull. Oh, man. The smell getting off the foot is delicious. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so I'm smoking just that toasted uh, wrapper on the end. Oh, that is interesting. First of all, I'm getting uh, 
a surprising cedar note, like a surprisingly heavy cedar note. Hundo P, absolutely cedar. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like they took this wrapper leaf and sandwiched it between two cedar boards. Mm. And then I've got um, some like lighter earth, you know, not dark peaty earth, but like a, a lighter earth and a touch of pepper and definitely like some some chocolate. This is taking me back to some of my first cigars that I ever had because I started smoking in like the fall winter months. Oh, yeah. It's like being outside, breathing this kind of air in. Yeah. This taste, man, this is this is wonderful. I do like a cooler temperature. I feel like uh, yeah. it heightens my senses. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. <clears throat> mm, nice. Okay, so I've got a um, genuine burn going on here. This will be interesting. And uh, let's talk socials. So uh, for those of you out there in the interwebs, you can reach us, burnlinepodcast at gmail.com, and be sure to follow us on the Instagrams and what else are we on? Threads. X. X. X, Twitter, whatever the hell it's called. Turn notifications on on Spotify. Turn notifications on on Spotify. You'll know right when your next episode of Greatness drops. YouTube. Uh, Yeah, YouTube as well. Yep. And, uh, you know, we should start doing some, like, actual videos because mm-hmm. youtube is just the audio from the podcast with yeah you know a, a background picture yeah some people you know some people don't have spotify mm-hmm. which i understand uh but yeah let's just make sure it has my face in it and not yours mm. well i was thinking supplemental not like the whole podcast um not trying yeah, to- yeah. i want i want the 30 second shorts to have yeah, my yeah. face and not yours yeah totally we can do that no and i'm not throwing stones or anything but i've i found that video cigar podcasts uh, are incredibly boring unless they have something more than a cigar they're smoking while talking. Like, I don't need to look at you. Especially Nick. I don't need to look at you. Yeah. Um, like, let's get some <laughs> graphics up or, you know, let's like... Yeah, it's different if you're showing, here's how to cut a cigar. Yeah, or here's how to right. toast. Or yeah. uh, what did we do last time? Like, here's how not to toast. You know, and That's I'm right. all the tar up. Yeah. You know, those are great videos. Yep. But yeah, let's, uh, we'll talk off air about that. Um, so... Uh, Here's a deal. I got one more. Yeah, go ahead. Follow uh, Fat Boy Cigars on Instagram. Mm. Awesome page. Awesome group. Awesome folks. Awesome cigars. Yes, indeed. Fat Boy Cigars. Welcome to the Fat Boy's world. Thin Red Line. We're smoking right now. Just a beautiful Nicaraguan Puro. Yes, so uh, this cigar is a Nicaraguan Puro, and it has a Maduro Nicaraguan wrapper. So, you know, Nicaraguan... Uh, tobacco runs a gamut like it's a large country with some very distinct biomes what uh four that i can think of yeah um and so there's a there's a range but it is known for strong tobacco and i think uh part of that is you know when we did the dominican episode the tobacco growing region there is more compact Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of uh diversity the uh microbiomes are much more similar and even uh, square footage of mm-hmm. DR yeah. is smaller than yeah. Nicaragua, but yeah, the the you know Nicaragua is a we we have beaten the dead horse yeah. in terms of like how valuable Nicaragua is to the the industry, yeah. and you know yet still Dominican Republic, Honduras, Ecuador, etc. But Nicaragua obviously is the most 
likely the most diverse in I terms so, of yeah. in terms of um, output. Yeah, wrapper, binder, filler. You can get yeah. it all there. Yep, get high quality stuff. Um, so uh, here's the deal on social medias: get on Instagram, follow us, drop a comment on one of our posts saying "Gold Bar Lighter," and uh, the oh. first three that comment that can purchase a gold bar lighter. We'll figure out how to get payment uh, later. They're not cheap, uh, $49.99, but you will be one of four people in the world to own a Johnny Midas soft flame butane torch that is the literal size, shape, weight, texture of a genuine 10-ounce gold bar or bullion, whatever they call it. Butane soft flame, too. Yes. Best part. Yes. Soft flame butane lighter. Yeah. And it's, I it's, mean, it's, it's just practical. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll throw some pictures on the Insta. So that is, <laughs> I mean, it's so Johnny Midas. It's, that's awesome. That and is it literally every, every part of it is exactly what a golden get looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I thought about getting Johnny Midas on there. Instead, I just went with credit Suisse. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because we could find the logo. Yeah. I thought about doing, uh, Fort Knox or whatever, but, uh, I couldn't find any like graphics on what they stamp their bars with. Uh-huh. If they do, I don't know. They might not. Yeah, that is a. I mean, it's it feels weighted, mm-hmm. right? It feels like the weight of. You know, that's that is a. It's that, a pretty cool. It's a sweet piece of hardware, there, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um. All right, so that's socials for you, and we're, uh, I don't know, half an inch, three eighths of an inch. About 11 millimeters into this uh, thin red line from Fat Boy Cigars. And uh, now that we're into the binder and filler, what are your thoughts on flavor? Nick? Uh, Medium bodied, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Medium bodied, medium strength. Strength is hard to judge this Mm -hmm. early on. Um, But really... It's like smooth flavor, mm-hmm. the most overword used in the industry. Yeah, um, overused, overused word, overword used. Yeah, it is very smooth though. It is. It's not. It's not bitey. Mm-hmm. It's not punchy. Yeah. It's not fiery. It's like very uh, polished. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Um, yeah. I, you know. I, yeah. I like that a lot. The the um, the bolder flavors, if you will. Are, are very well-rounded. Mm-hmm. They are not... They don't have sharp edges. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I kind of feel like if I took a cedar plank and then I took a pinch of uh, cayenne pepper and kind of like rubbed it all over the plank, kind of getting a real light and thin, almost like an afterthought or an after hint. Mm-hmm. And then I took some uh, dark chocolate, mm-hmm. you know, not cocoa, nope. not cocoa powder, but not milk chocolate, but like dark chocolate. Yep. And kind of ran that like a fondue fountain and ran that board under that fondue fountain. Yeah. Right. And then I walked through a freshly tilled garden. That's what this cigar tastes like. I put like one espresso bean in there. Yeah. 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 You're right. Somewhere in there. So a freshly tilled coffee field. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, yeah, this is awesome. Really good. Just hits on those kind of like earth woods flavors hits on the, the, the bitter, 
And it has Earth. a sweet component to it as well. It does. It really balances it out. But it's not like crazy sweet. Mm-hmm. You know what it reminds me of is like, you know how a, um, like a dried plum, like a prune, mm-hmm. how it has sweet, but it's not like sweet, sweet. Mm-hmm. It really reminds me of like a prune. Yeah. hundred percent. It's wonderful. What a treat. Really good for early morning too. Oh yeah. So and then the the smoke output is really good. I, the the back pressure is a little light for me, which makes sense because it's a fifty six ring gauge. Yep. Um, I kind of like a stiffer uh, back pressure, but the the pressure is good. The smoke output is good. This is you know it's not a uh, smoke bomb. It's not you know filling up this room with smoke, but it's a good mouthful of smoke. Really good. And it has an interesting texture on the smoke. Like um, I would describe it like velvet. Like uh, slightly fuzzy. Mm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You ever have one of those trays? Like I have one at home, and when you come home, you put your jewelry and your coins. It's and like stuff felt. In it. Yeah, and it has like that. Yeah. They call it flocking. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. It's like it's a little warm. Yeah. Yeah, but it's um, it's like soft and coating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All really good qualities of, on this cigar. For eight dollars, dude. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to the price part of our. Uh, oh man, ranking. I mean, dear God, I was just thinking on the drive over, what cigars are there in the humidor that are eight dollars and under? So, the first thing I did was I threw away the uh, cheap cigars in that category. So there are cigars that are designed to be, you know, three ninety nine, something like that. Yeah, um, and they can't come close to competing on like the flavor and construction of this cigar so you know they're they're intentionally sold to be what they are yep. right they have an accused of the world so yep. i'm just setting those aside nothing yep. wrong with them mm-hmm. um but not not really part of this comparo yep so i started thinking through and uh so you've got like the cane daytona nice which um, was phenomenal. good cigar yeah we smoked that one yeah um but it's half the tobacco it's like the same price, but it's like half the tobacco. Um, yes, yes. You have the uh, Blanco Primos Estate Selection mm-hmm. right in there at nine dollars. Great yep. cigar. Yep. Also half the tobacco. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. What are What are you thinking? Eight dollars. Project Forty. Mm-hmm. Alec Bradley. Yeah, the Alec Bradley Project Forty. Are you a fan of that one? Hmm. Not really. I don't. I don't have a whole lot of exposure to it. So, I don't think there's any Alec Bradley cigars that I like right out of the, right out of the shop. Yeah. Um, there's a few that I've really enjoyed after I let them age. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Magic Toast. Magic um, Toast. Yeah, wonderful. Wasn't you know like a huge fan of it, just smoking it off the shelf. But I got two, and I put one in my humidor and forgot about it. Nice. And like three months later. Nice. It had, it, uh, you know, it, it could be me. It could have been set setting and palette and stuff like that. But it yeah. tasted like a different cigar. Yep. Um, Partagas, Partagas Oscuro. Partagas Oscuro. Yeah. Yep, the 18, kind of the classic 1845 line. You got the Diesel Whiskey Row. Yep. Sub $8. Yep. Um, or uh, Diesel Unholy Cocktail, I should say. Yeah. That one's I'm not good. sure. I think the Whiskey Row ones are a little higher. Yeah. The Yeah, I think the Rabbit Hole. Mm-hmm. One that we had brought it up. That one's definitely higher. A hair, yeah. 
get it rabbit hole hair brought it up a hair oh my god um i'm like i'm visually going through there's uh, some carreras right that are in that nine dollar yeah for sure um francisco's like second gen is right there oh yeah 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 the uh dbl second gen that's a good cigar yeah it's about this size yeah a little smaller yep uh much milder i think yeah yep um so not uh, too much competition. La Roma de Cuba. La Roma de Cuba. Yeah. I was trying to think. Most of theirs are small ring gauge, though, aren't they? They have like the El Jefe. El Jefe is the 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 big bastard. Yeah. And Which that's I don't that's care for. yeah. It's six by fifty eight or something. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about presentation on this cigar. So it does not come in a box does come in a cellophane sleeve, which uh, I appreciate, and uh, I was just looking at it under the light. You can see there's a little yellow on there, so, you know, it's not a bunch, but it's enough to know that this is, uh, has been aged in the cello. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> and then it's got this black twine with this really cool tag. Yeah. Right? So the, the only branding on the cigar is this tag and it's a uh, black tag with a thin red line down the middle yeah it says fat boy cigars boots on the ground series thin red line on one side and the other side is just black with the thin red line down mm-hmm. the, right down the middle mm-hmm. uh slick branding man yeah I, I really like this uh, very simple but it's a, it's a statement yeah it is yeah. it's elegant yep you know it gets the job done without subtle yeah any fluff or extra yep and it kind of fits the theme like this seems like you know, something a firefighter would pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't trying to be like a Marquis d'Acide cigar or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly, I like not having the band on the cellophane. I mean, on the on the cigar itself. Yeah, I don't there, have to worry about fucking up the wrapper. There are, ben- there, there are absolutely benefits to that. Um, What's super cool is if you look at the tag, you know, the backside, mm-hmm. there's nothing on it. Mm-hmm. You can put a price tag there. You could. So for... for uh, cigar retailers that use either a barcode sticker or a uh, price tag sticker. 100%. There's a place to put it that doesn't ruin the look of the cigar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, obviously I'm super picky and have weird opinions about stuff, but I hate I hate buying a cigar with a price tag on it. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I don't want to look at it, and I damn sure don't want to gift somebody something with a price tag. So all the cigars in my humidor, if I bought them with a price tag on them, I take it off. Yeah. Yeah. First thing I do. You know what also that I was just thinking about when you mentioned that is um, you can write something on here. Oh, yeah. Get one of those um, those like silver ink Sharpies. Silver Sharpie, yep. Totally. And you could write a note if you're giving it as a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope you enjoy this. Thank you for your service to, you know, a firefighter friend of yours. Right. Or, uh, you know, Christmas is around the corner, right? Like this is a stocking stuffer. Totally. You know, you could just write like. Love you, babe. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely. That's really cool, I think. And then and then you kind of have a like more or less a memento. You can kind of keep mm-hmm. if you know if you enjoyed the cigar, the moment was special to you. Yep. You can keep this and kind of, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you could literally laminate it and make a keychain out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. There's a lot you could do with it. Yep. That. And uh also for uh fat boys to consider, you know what else you could put on the back? What's that? A QR code. Oh, you know, just just in that corner. It doesn't have to be big. You're absolutely right. QR code goes straight to the website. Yeah, you could even have a special QR code mm-hmm. where, like, 
it takes you to a special page. Like this is the repurchasers page. You get five percent off. Yeah, or uh, even a link to a f- the Fallen Fighter Firefighters. Absolutely. Fund. Yeah. 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 Totally. Some some re- they like they left the door open on a lot of cool stuff they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not to say that they missed anything, but they they but set themselves up. Them, uh, <laughs> they set themselves up for success. Yeah, we 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 can help them. Uh, Fucking knock a grand slam out of this. They're doing they're doing some really awesome things. Right here in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, we're thrilled to work with a uh, family owned company that's you know in the space that we love. Um that's producing good cigars. You know? It's like this is a cigar podcast. Arguably the most smokers. Yeah, arguably <laughs> the most important aspect of it. <laughs> is the cigar. Yeah. And uh you know, I, I've got friends all over, and I think I've said on the podcast, you know, I've, I've got, um, you know, cigar shops and cigar owners all over the country, and, you know, made a lot of friends in the retail side of the industry, and uh, have met a lot of folks that want to do cigars, and I would say that the biggest problem most of them face is actually making money. Yeah. But the second one is the actual, is the cigar. Yeah. I can't tell you how many I've tried that are just... Not good. Yeah. Oh, Ed, uh, what's that guy's name? The fucking weirdo that puts like the art bands on his cigar. What uh, is it? Ed, maybe something. You know who I'm talking about? Is he? Is this like a CI name? No. Um, but he's like boutique, boutique, and gosh, I mean, you want to talk about just terrible cigars? I know. There's like you couldn't <clears throat> give them away. Edgar Hoyle. No. Large Tetons. Large Tetons. That's who I'm thinking of. Large yeah. Tetons. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm not trashing anybody's passion project, but I kind of am. Like, yeah. just bad cigars. And it's like, yeah. you can have everything else right, and you can have the branding and the artwork, and, mm-hmm. the, and, and, uh, but if it's a bad cigar, it's a bad cigar. That's man. the thing, man, is like, nobody cares if <laughs> right. your box looks like a, a, a piece that should be in the MoMA. Right, right. Nobody cares if the cigar sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if your cigar is not enjoyable, guess what? It's over. Mm-hmm. You're done. And that's where uh, I feel like uh, Fat Boys has just knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Like every cigar we've had from them, we're like, wow, this is a good cigar. Like it competes on its own merits. I mean, they are they're absolutely quality first and yeah. flashy second. Yeah, absolutely. or third or fourth or fifth. You know, they're like yep. they're not. You know. Kind of, kind of like this area, yep, of the country. Yeah, you know, it's like substance first. And they're, I, I, I don't think I'm outing them by saying this, but they're based out of kind of the Pittsburgh area, mm-hmm. um, in that, in that half of Pennsylvania. Um, but yeah, it's very like, I want to salt by. of the earth. Yeah, salt of the earth, definitely. I want to swing by in my day job. We deliver uh, out there to three or four companies. Mm. Um, so I'd love to swing by sometime. Yeah. Just see what's up. Stop by, have a cigar with them. Yeah. Chat, talk shop. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, so um, getting some good, uh, really good flavor and smoke out of this. Really enjoyable so far. Um, so, you know, I was at uh, Bantam Coffee getting these Americanos, which very good, by the way. Uh, local company. And, you know, you go in and it's like without... Uh, you know, stereotyping too much. It's like your typical liberal coffee shop, you know? Yeah. It's like, there's like advertisements for tarot readings on the wall. And like, you've got your uh, gourmet tea lovingly handpicked by the 
indigenous, hardworking peoples of wherever the fuck. And, uh, you know, it's like, <clears throat> you can order a coffee, but, uh, you know, like, nothing is called coffee. You know, I want a black coffee. You know, they're like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll take a large Americano, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, everything's got some weird name, you know. So I walk in there. And it's like, there's a cop in there, and he's talking about police politics with uh, one of the bartenders. And then there's another guy in there. And he's wearing kind of like an Indiana Jones hat and like a suede or nubuck leather jacket, you know, with like khaki slacks and like brown nubuck hiking boots. Okay. And like that's so this area of the country. Yeah. It's like his outfit is 100% functional. Yeah. And then he made it look good. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Like he's keeping his head warm, but, you know, it's a good looking hat. Mm-hmm. And he matched his outfit, but he's wearing hikers because it's cold and wet, you know? Um, yeah. And and uh, this cigar reminds me of that, where it's like, it fucking performs first, you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then, uh, but then they made it look good. Utility first. Yeah. Yeah. Style second. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's a good, uh, it's my motto, actually. That's uh, when I was being created by my parents, I told them, hey, like, my face, make sure it's utility first, look second. Yeah. I want to be able to breathe and eat. Yep. And see. Yep. And hear. Forget about how I look. All right. And then make it look good. Yeah, yeah. They for, they must not have heard me, but... Uh. <laughs> no fucking deviated septum and shit. I want to be able to breathe. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, with that, got this cigar rolling, enjoying it. I think it is time for our tobacconist tip of the week. And now, your tobacconist tip of the week with Nicholas McCann. Yeah, this is awesome, um, especially because of the, this cigar that we're smoking. Right, I think this cigar fits into you know what you and I are, are going to talk about here. But the tobacconist tip of the week this week is just about um, enjoying your cigar and and how to do things while enjoying your cigar. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's fall. It's not scolding hot. It's not um, quite freezing yet. Um, so, like, here are some ideas that we recommend you do while you take a cigar out, um, you know, in your afternoon. Um, and some of my favorite things to do are, um, I like getting in, I like, I really like getting in a YouTube rabbit hole, um, whether it be about cigars or about, um, you know, literature or history or anything like that. Like I really, really enjoy that. Um, as well as like reading or writing. Yeah. Um, it's super meditative. Yeah. Smoking the cigar and kind of like feeling, in tune with your senses. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, I think the, um, I think the idea of sort of doing nothing while smoking a cigar, I mean, nothing, like not talking to somebody, not at the lounge, but just by yourself. And it's like a meditative practice. Like, I think that's, um, out there almost, it's almost a tired trope at this point. You yeah. Know? Yeah. What, what can you do besides just enjoy the cigar? Right. And the answer is, depending on the cigar. There's yeah. some you just want to focus on the cigar. I get it. Um, but there's a lot of other things you can do uh, with your cigar. And I've found that it it heightens the experience. So you're getting yeah. to like, enjoy your senses right. while doing something else. Right. It can add an element of enjoyability to what you're doing. Uh, or it can just heighten that. Yep. So, yeah, I'm with you. I like to... Uh, I'm just curious. I'm naturally curious. Yep. So. I'm learning about uh, 
uh, nutrition right now. Just Fantastic. went down a rabbit hole yep. for the last week. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know this, but all of the multivitamins you get in the store, like your body can't use them in the current state, which is normal because everything you consume, your body has to process before it's usable. Um, and it can actually make you sick mm. if you have a genetic condition where you can't process them, mm. um, you know, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I've got like a, a bunch of YouTube videos queued up. Exactly. So I'm out there just taking notes yeah. while smoking a cigar. That's right. Right? Yeah. I like that great, great tip for maximizing the enjoyment of your cigar while being productive. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's also, I think it's also a brain exercise where you can teach yourself how to, so like, it is, it is a, an element of slowing down. Right, right. Being out with a with with a cigar and a book, or a cigar and a a tablet, watching videos on a specific subject. Right, mm -hmm. that is that is an, an exercise in slowing your mind down, slowing your body down. Right, and so it's like, all right, oscillate between focusing on the cigar and focusing on the task that you're you're trying to complete, or the the right. information you're trying to digest. And it's like, you know, if you can kind of like switch from one gear to another, go back and forth, enjoy both. Like you're, you're it's almost like. Uh podcasting while smoking a cigar <laughs> yeah 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 for sure look at this ash man mm. so i've got some ash in the dish what is this about an inch mm -hmm. you can probably just, throw that as a snowball that's so solid dude it just picked up yeah it is definitely well burnt see mm -hmm. how i kind of just squeezed it apart mm -hmm. there's not like giant chunks in there mm -hmm. anything there's nothing unburnt in that look at that yeah so it it it's like so solid. I picked the whole thing up, but now I'm smashing it down with my finger. Something you guys can't see on uh, Spotify, and there is nothing in there. It's turning to dust. Yeah, it's pure dust. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, hundred hundred percent combustion. Yeah, that is a great burn, and uh, speaks to probably the uh, uh, the priming, um, as well as the uh, curing and. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, this is shout out to Fat Boys again for yeah. being selective in the tobacco that they yeah. use. I mean, they you yeah. know this is the quality of tobacco that you want to see in the the cigar that you're smoking. Yeah, definitely. So, um, with that, let's jump into cigar supply chain. And you know, this ties so closely into how cigars are made. I almost thought we we do need an episode on uh, make, making cigars. Mm -hmm. You know, and we we've hit on it obliquely a lot of different times but i think maybe we need one on just here's what happens yeah yep. kind of thing yeah um so i'm gonna try to not get into that because I, I think that's like a whole episode in itself mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to talk about the supply chain and a couple of things here right so the first is you keep hearing about this so how many times have you gone into a, a tobacconist a local retailer and heard like i'm having trouble getting that cigar in the last year uh Frequently. Yeah, it's pretty frequent. Yeah. Um, so I was reading on, I can't remember the trade publication, but uh, this was a March of 2023 um, article. And they were saying that uh, supply chain issues are the number one thing facing um, cigar sales around the world. Really? And it was actually quoted in uh, The Economist, ran an article on it, and they quoted this. You know, so I kind of went to the source uh, here. Um, yeah, so when you think about making cigars, you have the issues of growing. Like, it's a natural product. Mm -hmm. So you have weather. 
you have uh, socio-political issues, labor. Yeah. You know, COVID interrupted things because governments are shutting down factories. You can't work. You can't make stuff. Right. 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 And I wonder uh, how many, like, organizations were going along with that 100%. Because, you know, here in the U.S., we had, like, Tesla, where it's like after a week, they're like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Arrest us all? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know a lot of companies that... You know, kind of got to the point where they're like, you know, our crops are going to die. We're not doing this. You know, yeah. Uh, so you know, that's an example though of something. We're on a timetable. Like we can't. Right. Yeah. It's a growing product. It's in the ground. Right. Someone has to water it and feed it. Right. You know. So you have all of that stuff, but eventually, uh, you have leaves that have been harvested, and yes. you know you have the the fermenting and curing processes. Not in that order. Curing first, then fermenting. Yeah. Um, and then you make cigars, right? And so kind of we're going to pick up the supply chain between a finished cigar and you buying it on the shelf. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. And so what it really looks like is you have a warehouse of cigars um, that a factory has made. And then from there to you, the consumer, there's a few different parts, right? So Yeah, so it's a rolling table, right, when the wrapper's applied. Mm-hmm. And then they're... They're bundled into um, something. Basically, a lot of times, a lot of a lot of cigars are just bundled. It's like diamond, but it's like diamond shaped mm-hmm. um, bundles of like fifty cigars at a time, mm-hmm. and then they're sat in aging rooms. Yeah, right. And then when they're aged and ready to go, they're banded. Well, it depends on how they're being sold, right? Yeah. Sometimes they're boxed up. You know, banded in box. Sometimes they're bundled. Right. You know, stuff like that. Of course. But basically, the end of the process for the cigar producer is a sale-ready product, mm-hmm. right? What that looks like, yeah, it can vary. Um, so you have a warehouse with sale-ready product. So the first step is to get that from the factory to a warehouse, right? So let's say you're a local cigar retailer. Um, where it gets uh, interesting for most folks is, and, and for some context, you know, I'm a supply chain expert in my day job. Um, have uh, most of a master's from MIT in supply chain engineering. Um, you know, folks don't realize sometimes that business is just doing business, and it's not as cut and dried as everyone thinks. Yeah. Right, you're trying to accomplish an objective, and there are some supply chains that are uh, very—I uh, don't know how would I say this—meticulous, very meticulous. Mm-hmm. Automotive supply chain is one of them, yeah. And it has to be because there's requirements for tracing defects for the sake of recalls and stuff like that. Sure, right, yeah. But most other supply chains take—you uh, get lettuce at Walmart. Sometimes that local Walmart store buys a truckload of lettuce from a local farmer. Mm-hmm. And that farmer grabs these heads of lettuce, throws them in a crate, throws those on a semi, and takes it to that Walmart. Yeah. Sometimes uh, Walmart will have a supplier mm-hmm. in Argentina that mm-hmm. makes lettuce. Mm-hmm. And that supplier is sending scheduled truckloads to Walmart. But they're going to a warehouse right. that is then distributed mm-hmm. right, to different stores. Well, cigars are no different. However, in general, a cigar factory will load up an ocean container of cigars. Now, 
again, you can have extra elements in here. For example, you can have a cigar factory that loads a semi-truck that takes a load, or even a, a uh, box truck or a tuk-tuk, depending on, you know, if it's Indonesia, you know, um, depending on where the cigar factory is. And they may take that to a warehouse or a port even yep. and load a can, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it can, it can get, the pieces can get a little complicated depending on what's available and that sort of thing. Yeah. Is it a rush to market? You know, all of this. Right, and then there's export-import rules and qualifications and stuff like that, right? Right. Taxes so, to pay. Yeah, so first step is to get it to an ocean can, yeah. and then it goes across the ocean. Yeah. Um, or, you know, in the case of Mesoamerica, you know, it doesn't go across an ocean. It goes up <laughs> yeah, the ocean. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, East Coast, West Coast. Yep. Um where it goes to a port, mm-hmm. and there is the process of import-export. Mm-hmm. Um, most ports are, uh, you know, uh, the place where duties are paid, taxes, all of that. However, that is not always the case because you have foreign trade zones in America. Mm. So a foreign trade zone is regulated by the Department of Homeland Security mm. and technically is not part of the United States. And you are not taxed on product that is in an FTZ. So, in theory, you know, I ran an FTZ that was uh, in Kentucky. That's in the middle of the U.S. And so you would have product that was being imported, and it would go to a port, and then it would fly and truck to this foreign trade zone where the warehouse was. It's never taxed. It's not officially imported until it leaves the FTZ. What? Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, because... (sighs) In order to meet consumer design, demand, you have to be able to absorb variance in the supply chain, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that if the bottleneck is the port for importing, right? Right, right. Because it's a whole ship full of containers, yeah, right? And so, but you also can't necessarily afford to pay taxes on all of that mm-hmm. and import fees and duties and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And so you're allowed to, in some cases, import stuff. It's not technically imported until it leaves your warehouse. So you can have millions of dollars of product. That's in a crazy. Foreign trade zone warehouse. Right. And then when the semi leaves, you pay taxes on just what left the foreign trade zone. Wow. Right. So it's like a virtual extension of your factory. Yeah. How did what? Are there different types of items and stuff that uh, kind of are exempt from port of entry tax and fees and stuff like that and, and can go to foreign trade zones? Well, they so... They have to apply for... Yeah, you, you get a, approved. Foreign, a foreign trade zone is a licensed facility that's inspected for compliance. Mm-hmm. It has to meet regulations for security and safety and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy to get. A lot of companies have... At least one person or executive in the company that's an FTZ expert, uh-huh. yeah, you know, to manage all of them, and for the most part, it's not cost effective. Yeah, oh, automotive really? supply chain very cost effective. You know, automotive parts are expensive as hell, yeah, and you have to be able to respond at a moment's notice to a factory's needs, or you get penalized in the tens of millions of dollars. Jeez. You know, probably, my guess is cigars are not using foreign trade zones but it's a possibility. Um, So then after it arrives, now you have an ocean can. It's 
safely offloaded mm-hmm. onto U.S. soil, and it has to go somewhere. Now, you have an ocean can from the Oliva factory. Yep. It's not going to your local tobacconist. Right. It's going to go to Oliva uh, Warehouse or Oliva Headquarters. Well, it could. Yeah. It could absolutely go and usually does go to a warehouse owned by the producer stateside. But it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. It can also go to any uh, third-party logistics company that you know technically owns the warehouse uh, that works in service of the company. Right. Uh, it could go to a wholesaler. This is we, get, we get this vertical integration. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, part of vertical integration, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is you know not wise to do for most companies in the supply chain because it's very hard to be good at supply chain and making product, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you have some really strict requirements, you know, like food and drug, especially drugs, a lot of that is. You know, they, they'll still use third-party logistics, but it's basically vertically integrated because yeah. the requirements are so strict, mm-hmm. right? Um, so highly regulated products, you know, that sort of thing. Um, could go to a wholesaler mm-hmm. warehouse as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you think of Habanos SA, which, you know, manages like Cuba's export uh, production. You know, they have a, a partner in Geneva where they basically export all of the cigars go into Europe. Yeah. Right? Single point point of uh, contact yeah. helps to dramatically reduce um, uh, uh, copyright infringement, mm-hmm. uh, counterfeits, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you call it chain of custody. Chain of custody. Yeah. yeah. Keeps it real easy. Right. Yeah. Did this Did this go to the one place it was supposed to go? Right. Yes? Okay, then it's probably real. Right. So, yeah. so that company is their partner. They have the warehouse and everything, right? Um. So then from that warehouse, uh, if it's a wholesaler, then they're just selling business to business out of that warehouse, right? And they may sell to a local tobacconist or cigar shop. If it is a like company warehouse, they will fill orders out of that warehouse. And they can fill to wholesalers as well as uh, to stores. And a lot of companies are now doing, like, direct internet sales. Yeah. Um, where they'll pull that cigar right out of their uh, warehouse right. and uh, ship it to you. Yeah. Now, do... Um, so, let's say Oliva... Um, Oliva sells to, to Thompson, right? Okay. Thompson Cigar, major online player. Yep. Um, Oliva will produce I'm trying to figure out how to word this Oliva will Oliva will send an entire order for Thompson and just say yep everything in this thing goes to Thompson they can right and then there's like yep these the and then the next order the next batch that's coming in are going to be distributed to the retailers that we owe these cigars to I mean in theory an ocean can could go straight to Thompson. I don't yeah. know what their receiving capabilities are. Right, right, right. right. Um, or it could go to Oliva's warehouse, and then they could load up a semi mm-hmm. um, or a box truck. I mean, you know, you could fit a lot of cigars on a box truck. Mm-hmm. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. cigars. Um, even for a company the size of Thompson, you don't necessarily need a semi. Right. right? Uh, so LTL shipping is very common in the yeah. space. Okay. Um, and then to the store is typically UPS. Mm-hmm. Um 
And the main reason for that is economics. UPS just ships this stuff uh, at the best price. And Postal Service kind of doesn't let you ship tobacco. And uh, Correct. And FedEx is expensive. Um, Are they? I don't know if DHL is still in the game. I think they sold out. Um, or at least part, you know. But you have you have LTL carriers as well. Most cigar shops cannot accept an LTL, right? What's that? So an LTL stands for less than truckload. So you'll have a semi with multiple stops on it. Uh-huh. And it'll go around and I'm dropping off at this place first and then that place and then that place. Um, very cost effective because multiple customers are sharing the cost of a semi. But you're only paying for one driver and fuel and truck and all of that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So LTL is very effective. Uh, typically does not apply to a cigar shop because they just don't have space for a semi, right? Yeah. So it's pretty much limited to UPS. Right. Yeah, UPS is pretty dominant. Everywhere I've gone. Yeah. Every single cigar shop I've visited, when they're unloading, it's the UPS guy. Yeah. Right? It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of have that market cornered. Yeah. Um, so that's the supply chain. So where does it break down? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and the answer is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, you remember UPS was on strike a while ago? Absolutely. The contract negotiations. Teamster. Yeah, like, hey, guess who's delivering your cigars? But not right now. Right. You know? Yeah. So then as a, a business, you know, as a shipper, right, so this is on the warehouse that's shipping to the local um, cigar shop, you have to figure out what's the alternative. And there's a lot of alternatives. They're just not cost effective. I have, I have one interjection. Yeah, when we were we were getting notifications about from cigar companies about the UPS strike that said, "Hey, heads up! Mm-hmm. We know you guys know this is going on. This is undoubtedly going to affect delivery times. Yeah, absolutely, strap up, like be like be prepared, buckle up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes, because because I mean the the cigar companies realized this is the this is the epicenter of distribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, and then you also have what we call soft constraints, right? So cost of labor and fuel is basically the cost to ship. So in the past, you might have a cigar shop that's like, I'm going to order a box of this. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, well, it's not cost effective. I need to wait until I need six boxes. Right. And typically your cigar distributors have tiered pricing models that's directly related to what UPS is charging. Mm-hmm. And they know if I send you one box, it's the same cost as sending you three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I bundle three boxes together, the weight and dims, you know, change the pricing by $2. So it goes from 20 bucks to 22 bucks, mm-hmm. which is now, you know, $7.33 per box. Yeah. Whereas one box, it's $20 per box to ship, right? Yeah. So those are uh, soft constraints that absolutely affect the availability of cigars. And cigar companies do two, usually two methods for charging customer shipping mm-hmm. and it's flat rate versus percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best ones did percentage of goods sold. Yep. So they would 3%, 5% of, right. of your order total right. they would charge you, which was the, the most fair because you could do that one box and it wouldn't put you out. Right. Um, the flat rate guys were the guys that you wanted to maximize your, mm-hmm. your order with. Right, you didn't want to just order one box because you were getting charged forty bucks no matter what. Yeah. Right, um, so yeah. And a lot of the uh, suppliers can kind of move over to a percentage basis mm-hmm. by having purchasing requirements for stores. So a lot of cigar companies have purchasing requirements or facing requirements, um, 
And so they already, like they can calculate, well, if this customer is buying this much, I can charge this percentage and I'm not losing money yeah. right, on yeah. shipping. Um, now on the other side of that, you have from the port to the warehouse. Again, you know, any kind of driver shortage affects that. The port times are ridiculous. But uh, those are gotten better. Those are semis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, take, can't a, really do a box truck. Correct. That, it's actually a chassis frame holding an ocean can. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So the ocean can goes onto a frame that hooks up to a semi. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you'll see them around uh, from time to time. Not so much in this area, mm. but as you get closer to Baltimore, mm. you know, Port mm. of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I get uh, imports at my day job. So they don't, they don't, <laughs> at the at the shipping port of entry, they don't unload no. the contents of no. into some, a new container. They just move no. the container. In fact, I'd, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Really? Unload the port. Yeah. Wow. Because you know, if you think it about slows it, things down. If shenanigans are going to happen, yeah. it's there. Yeah. Right. You know, you you have to take your can and go. The seal has to be intact when you leave the either yard, right? Uh, and that's to prevent. That's so interesting. Crime. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, you know the the. Port of Baltimore is better now. During COVID, the wait times were like 12 hours. Yeah. Um, so you show up as a driver, grab your chassis, you know, so the, the chassis is returned to the port. They go in a circle. You don't own the chassis. You're just a cab. Yep. You pull in. So you got to go to the chassis yard and grab a chassis, and then you go wait for your can. Mm-hmm. And that whole process, 10 or 12 hours. And we would have drivers that were like, Jeez. I'm getting your can today, and I'm dropping it tomorrow morning. So they would leave the yard and pull over because they were out of DOT hours. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah, so so that can affect, you know, lead times. Yeah. Not availability per se, mm-hmm. but these things all affect each other, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then, of course, to get the uh, sticks stateside, you have to buy passage, and the price of an ocean can, you know, five years ago was 6000 bucks, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe 3000 if you're coming from Dominican. To rent one. Yeah. 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 Um, during COVID, they got up to like $20,000, which affects pricing and also like the desire of people to pay for these cigars. Yeah. Right? Like I can't amortize. The difference between $5,000 and $20,000 amortized over all the cigars in that can is huge. Yeah. You know, and this is one reason why cigar prices are up as well. So is there a UPS of shipping containers? Is there a company that is like? Yeah, the dominant company is Maersk. M-E-R-S-K. M-A-E, I think, or M-E-A. Okay, yeah, something R-S-K. Like that. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it. They're a Danish shipping company. Uh-huh. Um, they're, I, I call them the Walmart of the sea okay. because they're so large. In fact, they're so large that they recently won 100% of Walmart's import business. Huh. That's incredible. Yeah, they're, they're huge. But there's a lot of shipping companies out there. Yeah. Um, and they're all competing on price and service. Yeah. Right. So, and Maersk won that contract because they have the assets to be 100% reliable. Yeah. And now Walmart can hold one partner accountable. Price, service, and infrastructure. Uh, yeah. Can you handle you can Because not everyone can handle a Walmart contract. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You just don't have the assets. Yeah. To yeah. Move this much product. Yeah. We would, we would love to do it. It would it's just going to take us 15 years to do one shipment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They just run out. Like, our, like, so Maersk owns ships. Mm -hmm. as well as cans, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of, uh, probably most of the cigar companies are working with a can company separate from a shipping company, um, multiple shipping companies, um, 
but yeah, that's all part of the. But these guys aren't like process. these guys aren't like pulling up to the dock and like refueling their boats at like a shell station. Well, they do have refueling stations at the dock, yeah. But it's but they, I would imagine, like a company of that size would have like a commercial contract with a fuel company. Yeah, they do, and they also um, play the market on fuel futures. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So for a typical diesel ocean-going vessel, the price to fill up is around two million dollars um, to fill your tanks with diesel. Um, That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. How long is that gonna? How long is a tank gonna last? I have no idea. I don't know. It's a lot of gallons, though, if you do the math, you know. But it's not okay. Wow. And yeah, they they get commercial fuel contracts. Like they they get a bulk discount, kind of. Right. You know? Right. And, but and, not that much. And that way, I feel like availability too. Like you, you wouldn't run the risk of like if you can if you can finagle a contract. If you're a shipping company that owns ships and containers, if you can finagle a contract with a, a, an oil supplier. Right. That way you can guarantee yourself a constant supply. Yeah. It's less of a guarantee than I think most people would like, though. You know, the the fuel suppliers, like, they can't always guarantee the availability of fuel. Um, of course. I mean, it's another. Yeah. It's another supply chain. Yeah. It's, an, it's <laughs> another supply chain. Absolutely right. One uh, supply chain is relying on another supply chain that's yeah. relying on another supply yeah. chain. So, so that's what the big picture looks like. And um, by the way, if you want a lucrative career, go into supply chain. Like uh-huh. this is a, a good job. There are you know six figure jobs and uh, very very valuable because they determine us being able to get the consumables that we need. Right. It's know. it's not it's not what needs to move from point A to B. It is that things need to move from mm-hmm. point A to B, and there will always be logistics concerned with that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about uh, the Suez Canal. Suez Canal. Remember when that? Uh, remember when that ship went sideways? Oh no, that was the other. That was the one in. Uh, was it the Suez Canal? I think it was. It was in across the pond, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That's the one between Egypt and yeah. Arabia or whatever. I think yes, so. The Evergreen or Evergrande or whatever. Yeah. Got, yeah. Went what a completely fuck, sideways. Fuck. It got stuck. Let's just say somebody's looking for a new job. <laughs> Still, if there's one thing you can't do. As a ship's captain, it's run aground in a fucking canal. <laughs> like, and and the, and the canal was like the width of the ship. Yeah, yeah. So like they block. Like it's this is like if like a like a sixteen wheeler like blocked a two lane highway. Right, right. It's completely jacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't go around it. Yeah, uh, yeah that was crazy. Supply um, chain issues. No one can go through the canal. Right. So do we sail around fucking Africa? Yeah. And two months journey. Right. You know that is. I mean, that was unbelievable. Like the you know the. Oh, uh, I remember they're like Google Earth photos, yeah, like yeah. live Google Earth photos. Yeah. <laughs> it just showed like this ship just sitting sideways in the like the waterway. And since they ran aground in Egypt, they all got taken to prison and beaten. So, <laughs> no, but seriously, like they got in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I, man. And ha- like, how do you? What do you? get fighter jets hooked up to the boat to right, yeah. to ride it no it's a, it's like four c-130s <laughs> they drop grappling hooks yeah yeah exactly yeah you guys you got you got squad guys on the on the decks like hooking stuff up to the Did you see the uh there's a picture of i think it was photoshop but it was like some guy in a bobcat like trying to dig this shit out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah put a couple uh, put a couple wood planks on the tires hopefully yeah. get some traction right, yeah like digging a grave with a teaspoon yeah yeah <laughs> What a mess, man. All right, let's touch back on this cigar. Um, so burning very well. I mean, you can see my burn line right here. We've got a couple of ashes in here, and 
you know, the the ashes. We just we covered the ash already, but it looks fantastic. Yeah. Um. So, I would say definitely a, a mid-bodied cigar. Yeah. Um. It's it's sort of um. It's sort of on the sweet and savory mm-hmm. side. Hundred percent. I think. I think uh, your experienced uh, cigar folks could definitely have this as a breakfast cigar. Yep. You know, not everybody, but your seasoned smoker. Yep. Um, and definitely that, like, that cedar is still there. Yeah. Like, sometimes that burns off in the first inch or so. Mm-hmm. That's still there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I'm actually excited to talk about use case with this one, too, when we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is this is one that's going to be very malleable mm-hmm. um, and very flexible as far as use case goes. What's interesting is I'm I'm getting a, a little bit of like a, a charred meat flavor in there too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Charcoal brisket type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. The seared edge. The burnt edge. Yep. Hundred percent. Burnt tips. Yep. Yeah. Not to be confused with uh, frosted tips. Not frosted tips. I want to see. I want to see you rock the Justin Timberlake early two thousand frosted tips. I'm kind of getting there naturally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're snow tips. Yeah, yeah. Silver tips. Mine are wisdom tips. Wisdom, wisdom <laughs> tips. All right. With that, let's take a break, ladies and gentlemen. We will come back and rank this cigar. Don't go away. Keep your dial locked in to Birdline Podcast. Hi everybody, Johnny Midas here with my midweek smoke. I am smoking the Spanish Galleon Madero Toro. This 6x54 cigar is medium in strength with a Brazilian Mahofina wrapper, Dominican Habano binder, and Dominican and Nicaraguan filler tobaccos. It presents with a Colorado Maduro color and is blended by Maui's Cokes. This cigar is hand-rolled in the Dominican Republic and will set you back about $3.50. It's mild enough for a breakfast cigar and rich enough to be worth more than $3.50. Give it a try, the Spanish Galleon Maduro. And we are back. I'm just here fondling my 10-ounce gold ingot. Fucking sweet. It is. And, uh... Nick, you got some news of the week for us. Some news of the week for us. Some news of the past couple weeks, uh, realistically speaking. Cigar News. Here is your host, Nicholas McCain. Cigar News, brought to you by a giant cup full of awesomeness. Um, Avo Seasons, limited edition, winter 2023, went on sale early November. Mm-hmm. Um... Tatuaje released uh, an NFT, which I didn't know was still a thing. NFT. Yeah, I thought NFTs were dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had their they had their two months of fame. But we were talking about collectible cigars. Like the Avo Seasons came up, I think, right? Yep. Like that's a that's a absolutely. Perfect. And Avo makes good cigars, so absolutely. This is one like buy two, put one in the collection, smoke one. Yep. Yeah. Um, Trinidad Espiritu number three. Yeah. So what changed on the number? Th- I know from the number one to the number two, I feel like it got less harsh. Yeah. Um, as far as, um, I can only tell you details, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that they are using a San Andreas Maduro. Oh, interesting. 
Mexican rapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. Yeah. So oh. it's still it's still Nicaraguan in the middle. Yep. So it's still going to be strong. But San Andreas and the rapper. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no kidding. AJ makes it again for him. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, CRA Freedom Sampler, which is CRA Cigar Reds of America. Yep. Um, really good advocacy group for, yep. you know, making sure that you're local. You still get to smoke. Yeah, your local <laughs> government's not going to ban you from smoking, yep. period. Um, so that, that and that's the CRA Sampler, uh, a select handful of companies make. I mean, it's uh, Oliva, LFD, Diamond Crown, Opus, My Father, Tatuaje, Ashton, Fuente, Padron, and Rocky make a cigar that, that come in this pack. That's eight or ten or you know however many that is. And then obviously some of the proceeds go to the CRA um, fund. Right, right. right. To, yeah. to kind of lobby for cigar rights. Casa Magna Colorado Lancero returns in new size, which is such an interesting headline, I think. Hmm. Casa Magna Colorado, like if it just said Casa Magna Colorado returns in new size, cool. Casa Magna Colorado Lancero returns in new size. So it's not a Lancero. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the tagline is the Casa Magna Colorado Lancero is back, sort of. <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty interesting. Um, because the Lancero wasn't selling. Right. <laughs> so they're like, we're turning it into a uh, Corona. <laughs> yeah. Cut some ends off. Um, Silver Mesa Brulee Wagashi. This is mm. the Cigar Dojo mm-hmm. uh, collab. I think it's going to be a box uh, box press. Dude, we have to smoke that. Can we get our hands on one? I uh, I put a deposit down in May for a box. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. so they should be coming. We have to smoke. I mean, the Sober Mesa is like top five cigar for me. So. 100%. So, yeah, as soon as they come in, I'll let you know. I'll check on the status of them later today. Um, wrapping up some news here. As the page loads. Pop-up ads. Yeah, right. God damn it. Ad, I need to reinstall Dude, there Apple. are... So, you know, I've got a news feed on my phone. So, like, Apple News, which I don't use because it's just the, the most giant spam ever with all these News Plus articles and shit. So I have Google News on my phone and then a couple of, like intentionally like our algorithm doesn't work news sites where it's like we're going to force you to read shit you wouldn't normally read yeah um but there are some like you know because it aggregates from all over the internet like there's some where like i actually click the little like the three dots and put like you know don't show any more from this feed because mm-hmm. there's so, like you click on the news article and you can't fucking read it because yeah. there's so many pop-up ads yes. and stuff like that yeah you know? i'm like it's do you know how the modern so internet works or like the or like the news sources online now, that uh, like they'll give you the first two paragraphs of the article and the, it's like mm-hmm. continue reading with a subscription of yeah. nine ninety nine monthly. Yeah. Like I just block it, and the, and the thing is like <laughs> it's like these companies don't know how the internet works anymore. Yeah, you know, it's like a uh, uh, couple more. Oliva Advent Calendar returns for twenty twenty three. This is always a Christmas treat. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, now is it is it twenty four cigars or is it like one per week? Uh, it, it, 25, yep. 25 and a lighter. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's uh, going to be expensive. $230. MSRP. That's not bad. 5,000 boxes made. Dude, that's like, so, so that's like $8 a stick with a free lighter. 25 cigars and a lighter, 230. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty good. And it kind of comes in like a book looking. Yeah. That's cool as shit. Um, which is always, a, obviously, like a Christmas time kind of... Speaking of days until Christmas, did yes. you know that if you start watching Harry Potter today, 
and watch one movie every Sunday, that will take you to Christmas. Really? Yeah. Which Christmas is a Sunday this year, right? Is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Double whammy. That stinks. I because you can't. You know, you, we always like Christmas to be on a work weekday. Well, <laughs> I'm getting Thursday, Friday, and Monday off. Really? Yeah. Wow. We have a really good company. They'd take care of us for sure. That's lovely, man. Having Christmas mass on Christmas sucks, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. STG, Scandinavian. Watch out with lightning bolts. <laughs> Scandinavian Tobacco Group, quarter three, 2023. Revenues dropped by 3.9%. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, I was looking at some of the financials, and uh, what was interesting was during COVID, sales went up a lot. I think because people were at home and you had the rise of the young people grabbing a stick to smoke at home, working Mm -hmm. from home, all that went away. So a a lot of what we're seeing in the like reduction in revenue and stuff is really a correct market correction. It's just normal regression. Yes. Yeah. It's Um, not, it's not that it, yeah, correction is, is mm -hmm. exactly the the term. It it is a market correction and, and we should see prices and stocks and everything return to normal. It's just, there is a new normal, which yep. is more expensive. Uh, Placencia shipped Coseca 151. So they had 146, 149 was the most recent one. Now 151's coming out. Smoked the 149 yesterday. Awesome cigar. Awesome cigar. Um, obviously, Coseca 1 and whatever uh, is, is indicative of the, the harvest number, the crop, crop number. Yeah. Um, so this is like the 151, 151st iteration of Placencia crops. I was smoking 149 talking to a young man who's a mutual friend about wealth and how it is impossible for anybody in America to not retire wealthy if they have the mindset and know how money works. And I was just going through some of the basics with him, watching the, the pupils dilate and you know the light bulb moment come on. And I was like, you know, one of the things that separates like people that get wealthy from people that don't is they know the value of things and how to enjoy and experience life without consuming. But you're bombarded with like advertisements that are trying to convince you you can't have a good life without consuming their stuff, right? Yeah. And a wealthy guy can enjoy a Mark Twain cigar. Mm-hmm. And I'm having this combo while smoking a 149. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> which is like a $16 cigar or whatever. And I'm like, well, damn it. I can afford it and I budgeted for it. So leave me alone. Get off my back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's awesome, man. Uh, that, uh, that does it for the news drop. Well, Nick, thank you for that uh, Cigar News of the Week. Good stuff going on in the cigar world. And why don't we just uh, touch on this cigar one last time, and we'll go ahead and rank it. So I do have a slightly different uh, addition, not a change in the flavor profile, but an addition. Oh. So I want you to imagine that you take a piece of Italian bread, like you tear off a two-inch chunk of Italian bread, Mm -hmm. and then you put it under your broiler. Until like the the top, which is kind of like not flat, mm-hmm. the parts that are sticking up get black, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you put like ground hamburger meat on it mm-hmm. that has been you know like kneaded with salt and pepper, mm-hmm. and you cook that onto that. Mm-hmm. That's the flavor addition that I'm getting. So mm-hmm. it's like a toasted white bread and hamburger, nice kind of flavor. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, by the way, a wonderful flavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Really good. Um, so, you know, uh, overall smoking this down, smoke output has been good. The burn has been great. The the ash is good. Um, 
and the flavor is it's just interesting because it's mid-bodied it's complex and it kind of went from like uh earthy leathery cedar um with a little touch of like espresso bean and sweet yeah um and then it sort of developed this like charred meat and sugar taste as we got farther down yep um all of the flavors have like round corners. Mm-hmm. You know, they play well together. Nothing really jumps out at you or sticks out. Um, and it's it's sort of smooth and mild enough to enjoy in a lot of different settings. So I think Home Run uh, really enjoyed this cigar. Heck yeah. Um, shout out to Fat Boy Cigars. Heck yeah. Uh, Thin Red Line. By Fat Boy Cigars. This right. is a 6.5 by 56 Maduro. Retails for $8 on the Fat Boy Cigars website. Currently sold out, by the way. Um, no surprise there. No surprise. Nicaraguan Puro with a Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper. And uh, it's time to rank this. So let's start with the presentation. Nick, what do you got for presentation? Oh, man. So simple. Um, but kind of hit the marks. Uh, I, I mean, I, I give this an 8. Eight on presentation from yeah. Nick. Heck yeah, man! I, I don't, I don't, I can't fault it for a whole lot, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't really leave me wanting much more. I don't, and this is also like this tag thing that we described earlier is not something that we see frequently. Yeah, it definitely stands out. Ezra, like, Ezra Zion is the only company that I, I kind of know that does it on a regular basis. Yep, um, but this is is definitely unique. Awesome! I had an eight as well for presentation. Great presentation. Um, yeah, I'd like to see on the on the tag. I would like to see a QR code on there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a link to a page. You know, just you could just link it to the th- thin red line page. You can at fatboyscigars.com. You can purchase the cigar and read about the Fallen Firefighters uh, Foundation yep. and you know the the cigar. Um, and how about price at eight dollars? Well, you know what they should do now. What's that? They should put a QR code to the link to this episode. Hell yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, price eight dollars, unbelievable, mm-hmm. unbelievable. And you know, I was just I was thinking, I don't know what category this is going to fall into, but I, this cigar did not irritate me like most fifty six gauge. 50, is it fifty six? Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Fifty six gauge cigars irritate me. Yeah. Just like, I, I, don't ask me why. I just I don't know. But this no, did both not of irri- us are small ring gauge yeah. guys. This was yeah. like not like it didn't feel like I yeah. was smoking a just a fat cigar so um price at eight 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 dollar price eight dollars eight score that's exactly what i had you get an eight because it costs eight dollars yeah there you go and you would have gotten a 10 if it was priced at 10 (laughs) seriously i took two points off because i think it's underpriced Mm, mm -hmm. um this can easily now i would probably do like 9.99 or something Mm -hmm. keep it in the single digits or something but this easily competes. It could compete at higher than $10. And I feel like $8 as a price point in the consumer's mind puts it at a lower tier than what you're actually getting. Right. I think, uh, you know, there's a sweet spot. So, you know, for folks that are listening, friendly uh, neighborhood MBA here, you know, when you're talking about maximizing profit, there is uh, price elasticity um, and demand elasticity, and they cross over. Uh, depending on price point. So you're always trying to calculate where's the price point, you know, for what I'm selling. And I feel like they're leaving some dollars on the table. Where's the price point relative to demand? 
Right. right. And to the rest of the market. Yeah. For example, uh, if you sold uh, Coca-Cola for a dollar, everyone would buy it because it's Coke. Yeah. Okay. Now imagine that you're a competing brand, RC Cola. Mm-hmm. You have the exact same, you know, 16-ounce bottle next to the Coke. The Coke is selling for two twenty-five. You sell your RC for a dollar. You can't do that. Can't do that. No. I mean, some people will pick it up, yeah. but most consumers will look at that and say inferior. Yeah. Right. They're not assuming that Coke is greedily grabbing an extra dollar twenty-five right. per unit, which they might be. Right. But that's not the consumer's assumption. Right? And, and I think to be clear, we do not fault Fat Boy Cigars at all for for charging this price. Um, this is kind of just like a simple objective, mm-hmm. like shout out to fat boys for, for Making selling the cigar. Yeah, yeah. For selling the cigar at an affordable price. Like that's phenomenal. Like obviously really good quality people that are not in it for the money. Yeah. They're they not gouging folks. Yeah. They want to do good things for good people. Um, but leaving some money on the table, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, and, uh, while we're on the subject with the affordability of, and, and it's a lot of tobacco for the price too, you know? But this is one of those, like, nobody's going to balk about going to fatboyscigars.com and picking up a five-pack because it's really good tobacco, really good smoke, and it's really affordable. Yep. You know. All right, so let's move on to construction. Nick, what have you got there? Uh, The construction was brilliant. Um, I I loved the closed foot. Mm -hmm. I liked the the shortened pigtail. Uh, Cool little flourish. Yeah. You know. Um, it cut well, like no pieces. Thing is, this looks like a premium cigar, you know? It just does. Like with that little flat pigtail and the closed foot, you know, and this, you know, kind of gorgeous Maduro wrapper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, eight. Eight for uh, construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it burned, it burned super well. It did. As well. Yeah. Yeah, I had an eight for construction as well. Probably would have given it a nine. You can see I do have a small flake of wrapper leaf missing there. Yeah, what happened? It just came like that. Okay. Um, now, that's very close to the part I'm putting in my mouth, so I haven't even got to it yet. Yeah. Also, no smoke is leaking out, Definitely. and I wasn't pulling any air in, which means that the binder is still intact. All right, so, uh, you know, just, something... Just a fleck of wrapper kind of fell off. Yes, yeah. yeah. If it had gone through the uh, binder, my score would have been lower. Um, so eight on, uh, construction. Yes, it burned well. And we looked at the ash and handled that. Um, you know, clearly the tobacco has been properly aged. Um, so good, uh, good construction there. And, uh, let's talk about flavor. Flavor's interesting. Super interesting. Um, definitely one with transitions, mm-hmm. as you noted. Um, and I think that's not, not Super, super common. Like we get a lot of monotone. We have gotten a few on the podcast. Cigar yeah. flavors um, where it's just like straight through six and a half inches of the same flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for this or one to change. Seven and a half if it's the El Septo <laughs> Botticelli. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Three and a half straight like Nine years of smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like vegetable uh, bitter. Yeah. Uh, check back in an hour. and yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one, I mean, the, the, the changes were good, right? Right off the foot with the, with the wrapper, you know, just the wrapper leaf taste. It was, you know, fantastic, fantastic. Um, there was no, there was no one dominating flavor, which is awesome. It was just sort of a melody of, of kind of a few different, really good flavors. Medley, Um, not melody. Medley. Medley of flavors. Yeah. Yeah. Melody is like part of a song. 
I mean, I guess metaphorically speaking, you yeah. could say melody, but I think you meant medley. Um, kind of. I was I was thinking about a chorus. No, the chorus and the melody are not the same. No, I was thinking about a chorus. But you said a choir. Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> um, I'm not going to let this go. Here, stick your finger in this fake Cohiba. Yeah, yeah. Cut it right here. We'll just end the, uh, end of the torment right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You deserve it. Um, All right, so enough with your uh, waxing poetical. <laughs> what, uh, uh, what have you got for flavor? Um, I'll, get a, I'll give it a seven. Seven on flavor from Nick. For Nick personally, not, not cream of the crop. For Nick personally. Yeah, not your wheelhouse. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I've got on flavor. First of all, for a cigar this big, for me, it has to change flavors. I just don't want to smoke this much tobacco and get the same note all the way through. I can't think of, you know, many cigars that is this long of a smoke and this much tobacco where I want the same flavor through the whole thing. There are a few, right? I'm thinking of a couple of... uh, Perdomo, or I'm sorry, Padron and Fuente products, but I probably wouldn't want to smoke that much. But the flavor is good enough. Uh, the Sobra Mesa, um, you know, it's very rare that I'll have a cigar where the flavor is so good, I just want that flavor, yeah. you know, for two hours. Yeah, if, the Sober, if they made the Sobra Mesa in a woody size, yeah, it yeah, stay the same. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'd smoke right. it. And for some, you know, context for the listener, um, we are an hour and 20 minutes into smoking this cigar and I've got two inches left on it. Yep. Right. So this is an hour and a half, two hour smoke. Um, so it did change flavor mm-hmm. to the, uh, flavor profile was sort of mild enough. It's not going to harsh your palate. You can enjoy it in a lot of different contexts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's affordable enough. You want to go fishing for two hours? Take the cigar, you know? Yes. You want to grill? Fucking smoke this cigar. Yes. Football party. Yes. Lounge. Yes. Hanging with the guys. Yep. Sitting in somebody's shitty garage, just smoking a cigar. Damn, dude. Same. You know? Um, you know, not a celebration cigar, but also nice enough. I would absolutely gift this to somebody in a heartbeat. Oh, you know? easy. And you can gift it to a lot of people because you don't have to be, like, super uh, resistant uh, to cigar strength to yeah. smoke it, yep. you know, someone gets married, you could gift them this perfect gift for a firefighter, obviously. Um, but for anybody else, just a, a delicious smoke. The flavor and construction are very accessible, very accessible. Um, and the flavors that comprise the cigar work so well together. And they're, they're kind of a part of the palate that is often unexplored, especially among you know, some of the Maduro cigars I've smoked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Pledge, for example, much stronger. We smoked that last week. Yep. Much stronger cigar and a lot of the stronger flavors in there. And this one's like flirting with, uh, you know, burnt toast and, and you know, like uh, charcoal grilled uh, brisket, yep. you know, and flavors like that. Yep. Um, cedar. Yeah, and the cedar, mm-hmm. uh, which has mellowed out. Yep. It's kind of disappeared now. Mm-hmm. Um but for most of the cigar, you had that warm cedar yeah. in there. So I've actually got a nine for nice. uh, flavor on this. That's awesome. I think uh, the accessibility of the uh, flavors, the fact that it transitions yep. and it transitions into really awesome flavor. And they're in the right order. Yeah. You know, like, so we've smoked cigars, like, you know, where it started out and you're like, holy shit, this is a 
tongue punch, you know, this is awesome. And then like an inch in, you're like, oh, it kind of mellowed out, you know. Yep, yep. This went in the right direction. It did. You know, where it, it kind of gained prominence on the palate and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all right. And then last of all is experience. Nick, what have you got for experience? Uh, the experience was great. Um, all things considered, I think, uh, like I said earlier, I'd like to talk about use case, kind of what you referred to there in the, in the last bit too. Um, but this is like one where you can like eat during the first half of a football game and like yeah. light it up at halftime and like it'll take you to the end of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, fishing, golfing, really oh, good yeah. cigar because it's not super strong. Yep. But it's you definitely can do stuff without. Yeah, feeling like you're green around the gills. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then even kind of some of the stuff that we talked about during tobacco and tip of the week. Like, if you wanted to set two hours to to sit out sit out back and read a book. Yep. Um, and you wanted to light a cigar once, puff on it, enjoy it, mm-hmm. um, and have it last for several chapters without touching it up. Exactly. Yep. It, it would stay burning well. Yep. The flavor wouldn't be irritating. Like the ash holds on, so you're not like ashing all over the book. Yep. It's not flaking everywhere. Yep. Like that's that's another you know really good example of of, of how I think I would use the cigar. Um, so it's it's uh it's an eight, you know it's an eight for me for sure. Eight from Nick on experience, and uh, I had an eight for experience as well. It's just a great uh, overall smoking experience. You know, again, I'm not gonna like celebrate a wedding with it, but. Uh, Pretty much anything short of celebration and anything above walking your dog, mm-hmm. uh, I think it fits in really well. Yeah. Um, and I just I like the accessibility of it and the fact that you're really getting a delicious flavor experience uh, that's accessible. Yeah. You know. Um, and that brings the total score to a forty. So not a ton of cigars starting with a four. Boom uh, on the podcast. So. Uh, Man, home run from one of, uh, one of two sub nine dollar cigars that got forty or up. Yeah, Candy Tone was the other one, I yep. believe. Which is half the tobacco. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's literally half the tobacco. Yeah. Um, so there you have it, boys. The uh, Thin Red Line by Fat Boys Cigars, six and a half by fifty six Maduro, retailing for eight dollars. You can go to fatboyscigars.com dot com and check it out, along with the other um, offerings in the Boots on the Ground series. Again, Fat Boys donates a dollar to a charity benefiting our frontline heroes for every Boots on the Ground series that you purchase. Uh, fantastic way that they're engaged in the community and helping out our fellow Americans. So shout out to them for that. And uh, just a final shout out, um, social media. So jump on Instagram. I'm going to post a post of my 10-ounce gold ingot lighter. Yeah, there you post are that post. I'm going to post that post. There are three more of these on the planet. If you want to be one of the lucky fellas or uh, ladies that picks one of these up for $49.99, uh, just comment on the post, um, you know, with like a uh, gold bar. It, it literally looks like a gold bar. I want one. Yeah. And uh, you can join the Johnny Midas Club. Yeah. Soft flame butane lighter. Uh, I love it. And it's so on brand. And this is one of those like... Man, you want to display this like on your little cigar thing? Oh, um, man, this is the one to do. Yeah, you know, conversation piece all day long. Yeah, if you want to stand out in the lounge subtly and elegantly, oh yeah, that is the thing to do. It with. Dude, everyone is going to be looking at your lighter. Yep, yeah, for sure. And while you're at it, burnlinepodcast at gmail dot com. Drop us a line. We would love to read your email on air. No emails this week. Kind of disappointed. 
I was hoping Angel would jump on and make fun of you um, again. Mm -hmm. But uh, we hope to hear from you guys. This is your show. If you have any suggestions, highlights, things that you would like to see us do better, and of course, like and subscribe on Spotify and hit that notification bell. And also, there is a question. How did you like this episode on every episode of Burn Line? And you can respond to that and leave helpful comments. That helps us make the content better for you guys. Segment ideas. Absolutely. Segment ideas. Top, uh, topic ideas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cigars Anything. you want us to smoke. Yep. Let us know, and uh, we will make it happen to the best of our abilities. For all of you guys out there on the interwebs, thanks for joining us. We will see you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>